Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Find somebody that you can go slow with. I don't know about any specific questions that I could think of right now that I would say other than ask a lot of them and make sure that somebody will stick around to let you ask a lot of them. People who are going quick or trying to be transactional or just trying to get the job, you'll notice, let them go. Best ever listeners, where are you going to be on February 22nd and 23rd? I am visualizing that you're going to be in Denver, Colorado, because that's where the best ever conference is. And that's when it is February 22nd, 23rd, go to besteverconference.com and even put in take five. So you get 5% off your ticket. So that is T-A-K-E and the number five whenever you purchase your ticket. And buy now because ticket prices go up weekly. So go to besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference, the agenda, the speakers. We've got an incredible speaker list focused on commercial real estate. So that includes five plus units if you're in multifamily. And you're going to get a lot of value from this conference. Go to besteverconference.com. It's the third time we've done it. It improves every year and we have raving reviews. I'm not just saying it. Ask people who have attended every year. Besteverconference.com. Enter Take5, T-A-K-E-5 when you purchase your ticket and get an extra 5% off. Ticket price is going up weekly, so get it today. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today, Alex Felice. How you doing, Alex? I am fantastic. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Nice to be on the show and looking forward to having our conversation. So a little bit about Alex. He invests in long-distance single-family home real estate. He's also a commercial banker in Las Vegas. He owns seven homes currently and is known for doing complete rehabs in just eight weeks based in Vegas, as I mentioned. And you can check out his website, which is linked in the show notes page. So with that being said, Alex, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, I was, like a lot of people, living week to week, always being been out of shape about being broke. And this was a few years ago. Someone told me you can make money in real estate passively without that much money. And I thought it was too good to be true. Turns out it's not. It's actually fairly easy for me and turn my life around. I'm, I'm thankful for real estate. And I spend my days now trying to get other people to learn the same benefits that I've been able to enjoy. It's been fairly easy for you. So what about it's been easy? What I found was this Burr method with this little program from Fannie Mae called Delayed Finance. So basically I can go in there long distance, have somebody rehab the house, 
and then refinance it with 100% of my funds back in eight weeks. So I spent the last two years just repeating this over and over again. And I haven't seen half these houses. I don't know how it could be easier. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. I'd love to be educated on this. So it's a, you said a burn method with delayed finance, correct? Yes, sir. So will you just elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah. Basically you go in there, you buy the house, you rehab it, you put a tenant in there, and then Fannie Mae will give you 100% of HUD back with no seasoning. So along the way, I figured just put the rehab and the insurance and the ancillary costs on the HUD. They'll give you 100% of it back as long as it's, I think the rule is 75% LTV or 100% HUD, whichever one's lower. It turns out that most of my houses, the way they work is like my total all-in cost is around 75% of LTV. I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you. So basically, I've been able to save for a bunch of years. I got enough cash to buy one, and then I flipped that same money seven, eight times over, and I've helped other bunch of people do it too. And it's like a well-oiled machine now. Huh. How much did you have on the first one? I had spent a long time sacrificing and saving cash. I had $71,000 in cash. I spent sixty-eight and a half. I had seventy-one grand in my name, and I spent sixty-eight <laughs> on that first house. And it was quite nerve-wracking, I got to say. Uh-huh. You did 68. What were the numbers on that first one? The first one, I think, like I said, we were all in for 68. It rents for 950. It ended up being appraising at 100. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of perfect, perfect math where you got it all back. Actually, I had equity left in the deal. I couldn't get out all the money I made. It was egregious. Yeah. And where is that? This is all in North Carolina. I had lived there a little while, so it was kind of in my back door at the time. Uh-huh. And then I did... One, I moved cross country and then I've done five cents. Where in North Carolina? Fort Bragg, Fayetteville, North Carolina. I stayed there after I got out of the army. Okay, got it. So you bought it 68K all in and it rents for 950. And that was an eight week period of time? That one took longer because that was my first one. I didn't know about all this at the time. But the second one I did. We found this process out. I bought this house. Man, this thing was treacherous. It had growth coming through the walls. Uh And I got too cocky in the first one. So I bought this house and not even a contractor had seen it. I bought it off the MLS pictures and I don't recommend doing this really, (laughs) but it worked out really good. So the next one I bought it, it was treacherous. And, but contractor went over there, rehabbed it. We ended up flipping it. I think that one took 12 weeks. I got hundred percent of my money back. And then by that time, I was way too brazen. I was way too confident then. So then, like I said, I've been doing a bunch of them. I clipped one in about in just under eight weeks earlier this year. And now I'm on doing one now. And I think it's going real long at 11. <laughs> wow. The second one, how much did you buy it for? 35. 35,000. So that was after you got your $68,000 back from the first one, correct? Correct. You then rolled into the second one. And you bought it for 35000 How much did you put into it? About thirty, and there was some dragging on, so a little over thirty. Okay. So you're all in 65000 and what's that rent for? That one is 900 900 That's in Fort Bragg, too? Correct. How many of them are in Fort Bragg? All of them. All of them. Okay. You might've said that and sorry if I missed that. So all of them are in Fort Bragg. So are you using the same contractor to do the work since you're based in Las Vegas? Yes. If you can find a good contractor, you marry him. So after two of these things going slick, I said, oh, this guy, I got to marry him. 
Yep. <laughs> so I've molded a lot of my business around him and his business because he's done so well for me. Mm-hmm. And we've had the confidence to bring other people in and show them a similar process and they use them as well. In Fort Bragg or surrounding areas? Yeah. Look, if you find good people, your business goes stratospheric pretty quick. And that's yep. where I've been really lucky. I just found some good people and man, it just makes life easy. How'd you find the contractor? I talk about real estate and getting ahead to every soul that will listen to me speak. But at the time, you didn't have a property. So how did you come across them? Well, the first one I did, I didn't use that contractor. You got to go through a few bad ones before you run into a good one. So I literally was working at a bank. A guy walks in and he says, hey, I got 21 something houses all paid off and I want to go buy this other thing. Is there any way I can grab some of that equity out as a loan? (laughs) 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 So I said, yeah, what are you doing? And we started talking about real estate, forced him to become my best friend. (laughs) <laughs> and we've been doing a lot of business together for a while. And he owns a property management company too. Uh-huh. So I just latched onto him. Like he <laughs> wouldn't let go, like a leech. Right. And he was a contractor? Yeah. Okay. And so a fellow he, investor. Yeah, clearly fellow investor. And a veteran that we were in the army, not together, but we were both in the army. So Sure. Yep. So you connected on many levels. So I imagine he's got a company. He's not the one swinging the hammer. Correct. On your deals. Okay, cool. And I brought in enough other investors that he's grown pretty, I don't want to speak for him, but pretty good over the last two years where he's added a bunch more teams and stuff. So just find people you can grow with. Oof, yep. that's really it. Yeah, that's a big deal. On the first one, you said that you had to go through some contractors that didn't work out. What happened? Well, you don't know what a bad contractor is on your first deal. You don't know what lazy looks like yet. So you see somebody and they tell you a price that's probably a little too high, but when you buy that first house, you're nervous. It's paid for and it's got to get working on it. So you get somebody out there, they give you a bid. You're like, man, I don't know, but this guy's here and he might deliver. So people are inclined to take the first person that shows up through no fault of their own. It's when you're nervous, you take the first guy. And that's what I did. I took the guy. He did the job, but gave me a hard time. It went over schedule. It went over budget. It was like babysitting a full-grown adult. I couldn't take it. So you go and you find the next person. And eventually people say, how do you find a good contract? I'm like, go through five bad ones first. Right. (laughs) Any questions that you would ask, knowing what you know now with the good contractor that you married and the bad ones, any questions you would ask if your good contractor were to go away, unfortunately, and you had to find someone else? Yeah. Don't even talk about that. Um... (laughs) I don't want to put that out in the world. Sorry. (laughs) I had an old boss who told me once, he goes, be slow to hire and quick to fire. And that advice is really good. So if you're looking for a contractor, what I say is go take this guy to lunch every Friday for a month. And if he'll sit there and he'll give you his time and he'll let you build a relationship with him, then odds are he's going to work for your interests. But if you find somebody that's just trying to get the transaction, there's no hope. There's no way that they can be that good. If they're just trying to do the transaction, you have to build a relationship with these people. They have to be aligned with your long-term goals. There's no other way it really works. Not great. It might work okay. You can hobble through bad contractors and still be successful, but I don't think that's the ideal way to do it. So find something that you can go slow with. I don't know about any specific questions that I could think of right now that I would say other than ask a lot of them and make sure that somebody will stick around to let you ask a lot of them. People who are going quick or trying to be transactional or just trying to get the job, you'll notice, let them go. What are your thoughts on if a contractor who is qualified and listening to this interview and they're thinking, well, I'm definitely hear you on being aligned with your long-term goals, but going to a meeting with a potential client of mine 
once a week for four weeks straight. I also have all these other jobs that I'm working on, so I wouldn't have time to do that. What are your thoughts? Well, don't pay me the specifics. I just mean find somebody that, for instance, if people that I do business with now, I'll talk to them on email. It's like, give me a month. Let me talk to you again. Are you still going to be around? Yeah. The contract that I did in the first job, by the time he was done with my job, he left town right after he was done. So if I had just waited and said, <laughs> and so if I had just waited and said, let me talk to this guy in three weeks, just an email or a phone call. It doesn't have to be like I said every week, but right. all I mean is be slow to hire, get good referrals, get good references, talk to other people that do what you're doing in town and they should help you. I don't have a perfect solution. All I know is you got to find good people and you really got to fire the bad ones quick. Sure. Okay. With your portfolio, you've got seven houses currently. When was the last purchase made? How many months ago? October 25th, I closed. Okay, two, three months ago from when we're doing this interview. What's your plan for that deal and what are the numbers? We paid 50. Rehab will be like 13. ARV is going to be 100 conservatively. Ooh, that's, a, that's a good one. That's pretty good. That one should be rented any day now. And then as soon as there's a tenant in place and a contract, I can get an appraiser out there. Underwriting will take me. I do underwriting for a living, so I'm a master. Underwriting will take me two and a half weeks to close a loan. It'll be in my bank account. So this one will take less than 12 weeks. And I'm sure you've been asked about this before. Diversification. You're in Fort Bragg. There's a clear employer there but all of your properties are in one area. How do you think about that from a risk standpoint? I think about this all the time. Look, here's what happened was I was broke and I thought I could get say 10 properties in 10 years and make a little nest egg because I'm a lazy idiot. I just need to do the bare minimum to retire so I don't have to work every day. <laughs> and it really, it picked up way faster than I thought. So I never imagined to get here so fast. So I'm now looking at my whole strategy differently. Like this is a really good process. It works, but it's not really scalable. So what I need to do is, like you said, I need to do different geography and build two of these systems in two different cities at least and certainly scale. I'm working on multifamily currently. So like you said, there's certainly risk in concentration of both asset class and geography. And it's something I think about every day, but like everybody, I'm working with limited, I'm working with scarce resources. So uh, it's on my to-do list. Sure. Fair enough. Well, it's impressive what you've built in the portfolio. And how long since you purchased your first property? Just over two years. Two years. So two years, seven houses. What's the value of all the houses? I'm guessing they're around 70K or 80K a pop? Yeah, maybe a little over that, but not much. Yeah, maybe maybe 90 or 100, but yeah. Wow. Wow. When you think about your business as a commercial banker, what are some advantages that you've had as being focused in commercial banking as you're building your portfolio? Going into underwriting really is a super massive advantage because if you ever want to go borrow money, the standard for underwriting is banking. Now, private lenders and hard money lenders, they might do their own metrics, but they base everything off the banking standard. So understanding how a bank looks at a loan it helps tremendously because I understand going into the start, what the underwriter is going to look at, what they want to see for collateral, what they want to see for cash flow, how they want to see it on a schedule E. I look at business schedule E's all day, every day. And it's a fantastic advantage to say the least. Will you elaborate on that? Well, for instance, people come to me all the time and they say, how much money down do I need versus 
what LTV does the bank want? And why are they going to want this collateral over that collateral? For instance, I got a friend who flips houses. And from a business perspective, flipping houses is fantastic. But from a bank loan perspective, it's a terrible way to look at a balance sheet. So I learned this pretty quickly in, and I'm not saying anything bad about flipping, but it doesn't work for me being banks only care about cash flow. So these advantages where I can see the risk on paper, maybe not better or worse, but just differently have helped guide my strategy. Based on your experience, both as a commercial banker, as well as investing in these single family homes, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I've thought about this a lot, actually. (laughs) I hate to be so vague, but people, you need people. If you want to know what the bank is thinking, go talk to the bank, make friends with them and learn what they want. Build a relationship. Contractors, same way. You got to build a relationship. I know it's not easy. Realtors, same thing. Go to conferences. I'm going to your conference. You got to meet people. The more time I spend meeting good people and finding good people to help them first, hopefully, the more time that they'll spend helping me. And really that is the biggest key. I know it's vague and abstract, but that is the biggest thing that I've done to help my businesses. What's an example of when you first met someone, you helped them first before you were helped by them? I got a buddy named Lee. He reached out to me about five years ago through the internet. And what method through the internet? How did they come across you? Social media. And he said, hey, I know you invest in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And I invest there. I'm going to fly out. We should meet. So I got there. I met this guy. Casual, just making friends. And so I said, look, I know this area. I can help you with boots on the ground. No problem. He had a few houses. I said, this guy can probably teach me and he'll teach me more if I make him some money. Sure enough, a few weeks goes by and a wholesaler sends me a deal that I honestly, I was too scared to take this deal down and I should have. It was a $50,000 house. It was already rented, $900 a month. It was done. And I said, I'm too scared to take this deal down because it's my first one. I said, Lee, you take this house. Here you go. I don't want anything. Just take it. Well, sure enough, he closed in like five days. And that's when everything set off. And I said, oh, I should (laughs) have doubted myself. I made this guy some money and I helped him out with giving him advice on the area and this and that. And now five years later, he's the one that helped me put together my website, which is over the last year, my exposure has gone stratospheric thanks to it. And that relationship has built tremendously. He's the one that taught me how to travel hack and he introduced me to people. He's the one that got me to go to uh, FinCon. So just this small little thing, always make money for somebody else first. Mm-hmm. And then on their way up, you can probably catch the coattails <laughs> if you did a good job, but always make money for people first and it'll work out. Just make everybody else rich and you'll have no chance to get there. Help everyone get what they want and you'll eventually get everything you want. And that's a quote that I constantly reference. I think it's Zig Ziglar. I don't know if anyone said it before him, but I attribute it to Zig Ziglar. Yeah, it's so annoying because I'm a capitalist first. I'm not that charitable. Sometimes it can feel a little weird. This year, I started inviting people to come to me and I help them buy houses like I buy. And what I should do is turnkey. Buy the house, rehab it, sell it somewhat retail with a tenant in place and sell to them and take the 20 grand. What I did instead was I said, look, give me a small fraction of that, two or three grand, and I'll teach you how to do it. I'll give you my contract. I'll give you my property manager. I'll give you my realtor. I'll give you my title guy. I'll give you my insurance lady. They all make money. I make a small bit and the client, the friend, they make the 20, 30 grand in equity plus the cash flow. And I've done this a bunch of times and I have to compete against them now. It's really charitable and it's really annoying And my hope is that I'll make all these people enough money that we'll grow together in the long run. So it's frustrating sometimes to do it this way, but it's way better to give. Let me tell you something. It's the biggest ego ride to be so good that you can make somebody else money. And that's way better for me than to actually cash checks. (laughs) It certainly makes you feel good when you help other people make money. And then obviously, consequently, well, not obviously, but consequently, everyone benefits, yourself included. 
We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm always ready, baby. All right. Let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, best ever conference. That's where you want to be. February 22nd and 23rd in Denver, Colorado. Put in the code TAKE5, T-A-K-E, and the number 5 to get an extra 5% off. Ticket prices go up weekly, so buy it today, besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference at the website, all about the speakers. You can read about them and what you will experience when you're there, besteverconference.com. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work-week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs, Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com. Okay, best ever book you've recently read? Sapiens. Best ever deal you've done? A deal I did cross country. I hadn't seen it and I had to borrow money to get it and it made me 30 grand. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? Oh my God, so many. Hiring the wrong people. What's another one? Not being decisive enough. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I teach everybody what I do all this stuff and I write all my deals out. I teach everybody everything I know for free. I don't sell anything. It's all on my website. I'm as charitable as I could possibly be. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on? Brokeisachoice.com. Check me out. I'm not hard to find. Well, Alex, thank you so much for being on the show talking about your business model that you use with the, the Burr method with delayed financing and getting into the specifics of the deals, how you identified the business model and then how it works and the keys to the business model, the contractor being one of them and two, having the strategy and just the structure for how to pull off a deal like that based on your expertise as a commercial banker. So really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day. We'll talk to you soon and I'll also see you at the conference. Thank you so much. I had a blast. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work-week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.